Hey, everybody, when you hear that music, you know it's time for the lighter side of baseball. Yeah, not the lighter side of sports, although we're probably going to segue into a little Packer-Bears rivalry because the two teams don't seem to be headed in a very good direction. But be that as it may, we're joined today by my good buddy. I don't need to introduce him anymore. I'm tired of introducing him. Craig Kishan, everybody, everybody knows who you are, Craig. How are you doing? Well, uh, I'm doing well, and I'm, I'm glad the intros are going down to just I'll, – I'll just be your co-host from now on. Yeah, I'll tell you what, there's, a, <laughs> there's an opening, and uh, uh, you, are, you are certainly the co-host, and, and welcome. In fact, you know, if you ever feel like just having a podcast about lighter side of baseball, call me and I'll help you. We, we ought to actually we ought to get uh, we, we should do a three man booth and get uh, get Dwayne stats and see what the he three would, of us. He'd do it in a heartbeat. He would love it. That is, that's a yeah. great idea. No, you guys had a good show last week and stuff. So he's good. <laughs> yeah, he uh, you know, as I said in the podcast, it's it's just too bad that the local guys and I won't get off on that tangent again. But it's too bad. The local broadcasters uh, don't play a more active role or really any role in uh, for the most part in postseason baseball it's just yeah. uh, too bad really weird because it um you know to hear to hear a guy that's been around forever uh, sometimes i think think i've been around forever but i haven't when you talk to a guy like Dwayne and, and listen to that show and and even though uh like on our end when playoffs start for the two teams i cover the bucks and brewers when the national networks stay on, at least we, we do pre and post game shows still on our network and you still feel very much like you're part of it or as much as you can be. Right. And to hear him say that, you know, he's just, been, you know, a fan on the sidelines watching at home is uh, just doesn't seem right. Sure. But you know, that's, that's what it's come down to, unfortunately. Yeah. And it seems like with Tampa Bay, and really Milwaukee, you know, they're comparable size markets, I guess, at least in, yeah. in, in terms of their payroll, they're, they're, they're similar. And, you know, it's probably the same with you, but the impression I came away with was from Dwayne over the past, since I've been doing these podcasts and even more this last time with the race being successful is how, how much time you guys spend with the players. Uh, in non-COVID situations, and even yeah. even this year, it sounded like Dwayne had, had spent a lot of time with these guys. He knows all about them. He knows details that the national guys don't even care about, but the viewing audience cares about. I think you know you got to you got to do something in between four minutes of every pitch. Yeah, well, and and this year was uh, definitely different from that aspect. You know, when I got to spring training, I got there the day before baseball and sports shut. Right. I was, I was, you know, I'd done my Bucks duties up until then, and, and I was just starting my baseball duties. And this is no lie. I, I did not meet a single new brewer. And that, you know, that roster turned over by up to 15 players, that 25-man roster. And, and I, I, was, I did not meet a single brewer, nor did I, I may have talked to one or two of the guys that I knew, but it was not an open house. Uh, even at that point. And then after that, all our access to the players uh, was just via Zoom. Yeah. So it's not, it's not personable that way. You know, a lot of people have lost their jobs now. I 
thankful that we're doing this today because our social media department with the brewers, you know, we have a two person uh, department that's done a wonderful job. They've, you know, created skits that have uh, gone social media crazy over the last few years and have kept up real well. And apparently their positions have been eliminated. And, ooh, and ooh. you know, that's just, you think about it though, when you don't have player access, you don't have access to the field anymore. And we don't know, I'd be surprised if we did even for next year, just to, you know, play on the safe route with everything what's going to happen but it's 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 a shame because when people ask me what sport I enjoy covering the most between basketball and baseball I've I've always said baseball because the access to the players has been um, off the charts easy and enjoyable and almost no timeline and in the other sports it's very very different that way so that's that's what I miss. I'm sure that's what Dwayne has missed as well, and all of us who are involved. Well, with your other sport, you probably need a stepladder to interview most of those guys. I mean, well, they're, I do. They're, I've been on a few. <laughs> I mean, the difference is amazing. I'm not. That's no comment on your stature, believe me. Uh, what do you think about the? Uh, uh, you know, we need a social media department here on the lighter side of baseball. If these guys are open for employment. I know that, uh, you know, we might have to engage those guys and figure out how to expand the, the audience because, uh, you know, my Papa Kino sponsorship, he's planning to open his restaurant here in another week or two. Well, and uh, we're prepared to do a little podcasting from Papa Kino's. I don't know how I should try getting a mask on just to see how it comes across, but it seems to work for, you know, the guys on cable TV. Well, first of all, <clears throat> If you're going to hire people, I want my first invoice. <laughs> so there he goes, folks. He goes from co-host to one of the little remuneration. Yeah. You know, let me make a note of that, and uh, we will get back to you. And uh, yes, we'll put those guys, trying to give them a little fun in their life. I've been, I heard the Cubs laid off 100 people. That's a I big mean, chunk. It, I mean, it's, it's a shame, and um, it, it really is, but, you know, Unfortunately, this isn't the only business that's suffering, and um, so yeah. I, I think of it, Jamie. It's um, I, I don't know if anything's really going to change after the election or not. I think that's kind of false hope at this time, but we just gotta we just gotta get through it, and and uh, we have to feel comfortable again. I think overall, just as citizens of this country, and you know, see where we go from there. Work and stuff, so. Yeah, I think the vaccine is really going to make the only major difference in yeah. our lives as it pertains to baseball and covering it. I, you know, I got to tell you, I thought uh, my view on this season was a lot different than your view and my view. Um, and it goes back to you wanting to get paid for this show, too, because you need to make money. And uh, the uh, the season just fizzled and if i won the mvp award i don't think i'd accept it I, I think i would say unless i had a clause in my contract that kicked in 50 grand for that but i i thought a lot of guys thought the world series was great and it, it was exciting but it lacked a major part of this sport and that is like people <laughs> fans yeah well and it is and you know um 
I mean, look, it, it's, it's my job. So, you know, from the beginning, I, I wanted to go back to work and, and these guys go back to work. There were, there were thousands of people that it affected in, in sports. It just does. Um, but it is not the same. Hard for me to, you know, like yesterday, I, I, I text you during the Packer game. It's hard for me to, to watch a game at, uh, that's taking place at Lambeau Field. Right. Packers, Bears, Packers, whatever's going on up there, and, and the stands are, are empty. And, and mostly, you know, when you can't hear anything because there's nothing, it just is, uh, it's, it's not even surreal. It just doesn't get past the word weird to me. And, um, and it's, it's hard. And I, I really believe that's why um, I thought that people would clamor to watch everything as much as they can on TV. And it's been, it's been difficult because it's not normal. I mean, we all thought just watching a game would be normal again. It is to a certain degree. Um, but it is, it's not the same thing. That's for sure. And it makes it easier to walk away from, I think. Well, that's going to make it harder next year, assuming that's a normal year. And some people don't think it will be. It'll make it hard for the people they realize, hey, I don't need that. Uh, other people, you know, crave it. So it'll be interesting to see. I think that, again, the, the, the fans not only get caught up in it by going to the games, but when they're not at the games, have, having been to a game, they're more interested in watching the product, I think, than, than now where it's just such a sterile deal. Yeah. Yep, it is for sure. Makes so up. Rivalries and all that kind of stuff, you know, uh, it takes a, a different page away from, or it takes pages away from, you know, the drama and build up and, and all that kind of stuff that you like about sports. Yeah. What, what I find interesting in like the chiefs have people there, you know, they have uh, 25% of the total. So there's 20,000 people. And then you got the suites are full. So there's noise at Arrowhead. Um, yeah. But in, Chicago, Green Bay, not not at all. And the quarterback still, I just get a, a, I don't know if it's a kick or what I get out of listening to Aaron Rodgers growl. It's not like they can't hear him. They're like, <laughs> there's no fans. So, you know, they he, he has this cadence, and, and no matter whether it's quick or slow, there's always that one that sounds like a <laughs> and that seems like yeah. every quarterback does it. It's like, dude, there's if the right tackle can't hear you, he's deaf. <laughs> yes. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Because I think we can hear it when there's 70,000 people there, let alone when there are seven people there. That's for sure. <laughs> have, the, but, have the Packers yeah. lost two games at Lambeau this year? or just uh, Well, let's see. I can't remember because I think that was only their second game. Maybe they did lose their first game there. I'm trying to no, nope, they lost at Tampa. Okay, so they have two losses. Yeah, <sighs> man, that's. A but they, sad. I think they've only played two games at Lambeau Field, and we're we're in. It was November first yesterday. It was their second home game. That's well, crazy. It is crazy, and uh, the Central Division of the uh, NFC is, if that's what they call it. Detroit, Minnesota, Green Bay, and Chicago. It's like they're pathetic. <laughs> it's like maybe everybody's bad. They didn't let the two teams that were leading didn't look good yesterday, and a team that was in last place looked really good. That's for sure. That's for sure. But you know, it's interesting because the uh, you know on the Packers side, if we did if we did a little Bear Packer talk here on the Packers side, 
the, the big complaint is that they didn't do anything to fix a porous defense that knocked them out of the NFC championship game. They didn't get receivers to support Aaron Rodgers this year uh, at all. They didn't draft any. And, uh, and then, and then bears wise, you got, you got two quarterbacks, you got two starting quarterbacks and how much money they're spending on those two together. You know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird thing where, where these teams are going to try to improve themselves and stuff right now. And, and I think up in green Bay anyway, I think it's still a legit complaint that Aaron Rodgers won his only Super Bowl in 2010. And here we are 10 years later and, and he still got some years left to go, but getting closer to that Super Bowl doesn't seem to be the case right now. No. And, you know, I didn't like the coaching change. I know Aaron didn't like that guy, you know, whatever his name was that left. Matt LaFleur. Well, the, the guy that left. Uh, oh, Mike McCarthy. Is the offensive coordinator for somebody. Cowboys, maybe? He's their head coach. He's their head coach. I'll tell you yeah. what. I'm, I, I work so many hours a day studying up for the lighter side of baseball that I didn't even know he was their head coach, and I watched him on the sidelines. Um, the Bears – you know, it's like the Cubs. Instead of firing Theo, and then everybody, all 100 of those jobs could have been saved. All they had to do was get rid of the worst general manager in baseball who's won two <laughs> World Series, and their problems are solved. And if the, the same thing, you know, that they don't re-sign Ryan Braun, and yet they get rid of the, you know, it's like fire everybody that doesn't have something to do with analytics. If you're not in the analytics department for the Brewers, you might as well kiss your – job goodbye because we don't care about the fact that the pitcher might miss his spot and it'll go right where nobody is i, I just the analyst how about four outfielders in in uh in the world series it was like a softball game um yeah well i mean you, you you go back to the world series um you know it was exciting to watch if if you were willing to watch all seven of those games i will say this at least the World Series went seven games and, and kept everybody intrigued. I, I don't think the NBA Championship Series was nearly as entertaining as the World Series, and, and I didn't watch every moment of every game in either of those sports, that's for sure. But the way, the way Game 7 was unfolding and then the, the dramatic change that nobody in America agreed with was taking your starting pitcher out oh. uh, of, of it. It's, it's, it's a championship game. And, um, <laughs> and I, I laughed because somebody posted uh, not long after that uh, out of the million posts of disagreement of, of taking Snell out of that game. Somebody uh, posted a cartoon of uh of um, who's the quarterback now with Tampa that was with uh, the Patriots. Oh, I want to um, say it's, 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 Brady? it's Bledsoe. Tom Brady. Oh, Tom Brady. So it's Tom Brady uh, walking over to the sideline uh, to Belichick, the head coach, fourth quarter of the Super Bowl saying, "Put, hey, coach, put the backup in right now. Yeah. You know, it, it's kind of the same thing. So, yeah, that was bizarre. That was I don't shades. care what anybody says. That was bizarre. Well, it was the, the uh, it was exactly what Joe Madden did, almost in the same inning of the 2016 World Series Game Seven, where Kyle Hendricks is giving up like 
two hits through five and a third innings. But Madden, when he went to bed, he was going to bring in John Lester to wrap it all up, and that didn't work. And then he brought in Chapman, and that didn't work. And then it rained, and, you know, like all good Brewer fans, they were thrilled to death that the Cubs came back and beat Cleveland. But uh, I'm of just, course, of course you were. <laughs> but that was crazy. And these guys, um, I think Council's guilty of it too a little bit. They, they outthink themselves or they figure out they've got to do something. And it's been working all year. So by God, who cares if it's game seven of the World Series? I don't know. I mean. But see, but that's what I don't understand because it, it's game seven of the World Series. It's not another game that just happened to be this year. Right. And, and. I, I don't I don't think I, I would bet money and I'm not a betting man as you know I would bet money that if Brandon Woodruff was on the mound for the Brewers and was pitching as well as Snell was doing and you're getting into the fifth and sixth inning and he's only given up one hit I would be beyond shocked if Council would take him out of the game at that point I think you ride your horse in that. That's why you want that one guy pitching. They set him up to pitch game seven. It's not like he was, you know, oh, geez, I don't know who I'm going to pitch this morning when I wake up. It's game seven of the World Series. That's why that guy's in there. And and I get that you need to have a certain script to go along the way, but I can't imagine writing a script ahead of time, the morning of the game, saying, if I get into the sixth inning, and I've got a guy that's only given up a hit or two, and there hadn't even been a, a runner in scoring position, that I'm going to take him out with, with one out in the sixth inning or whatever it was and, and go with my bullpen. I, I just – I don't – I'll never understand that. Well, never the, understand it. And the guy that he brought in to, had a great season but a horrible playoff. He was giving up a run and inning. And it's a like, running right. inning, and I think I think it was uh, he ended up sending the playoff. Where it was Anderson, uh, seven straight games of giving up at least a run in every in every appearance. Yeah, so not a, not a good scenario to build up his confidence and hope he has a no. good outing for next spring. But that's uh, what people have said now with uh, your boy Tony Larusa getting hired by the White Sox that. He believes in analytics until the game starts, and then and then he his his test is his eyes. Well, and the reason that he changes when the game starts is somebody has to wake him up. Because <laughs> the dude makes me feel guilty for retiring. Oh my God! Hey, what well, you got a move. long ways to go till you're 76 before I you do. Need thank to come back God. To work. Yeah. Let me tell you. Um, when I first heard um, Larissa's name, I knew where it was coming from, and I knew he was going to get the job because I think Jerry figures, hey, I've been doing this. Each team's worth over a billion bucks. I really don't give a hoot about bringing in somebody that can relate to the players. I'm bringing in somebody that can relate to me and go smoke a cigar you know, with me because I don't care. And in the meantime, you know, he told he t- told me every time we ever get together, the, the 1983 staff with Larusa Duncan, our buddy Nelly was the best coaching staff he's ever seen in his entire career a- as a owner of a major league baseball team. And Interesting. He loves Tony, and I, you know, obviously, there's three people that fired Nelly, uh, Hargrove, Yost, and Larusa. So I, it's not even a close call. And I was just itching back to my 
you know, my childhood love with the White Sox. I, I, I hope they go 0 162 with La Russa. Um, <laughs> what a, what a, it's just, you know. I don't know. There, it, um, it, it, that, that might be one of the strangest hires uh, that I can recall in the last 10 to 20 years. I mean, can you even, I can't even come up with a close second, to be honest with you. Well, Dusty uh, Baker, I mean, it makes Dusty young. Yes, he's a young guy compared to. Yeah, but that didn't surprise me because yeah. of the circumstance. I mean, he's he's taken over a team that is going to, that in Houston, obviously, that was going to be and was hated across Major League Baseball. Right. And and they had he was a 180 from anybody they've had in there in the last five years. Um, he's a dad figure and a really respected baseball guy. Um I'm just, you know, the way Larusa went out of the game a few years ago with Arizona and stuff. It just, it's clearly to me seemed like it was the the end, and and baseball was done with him as much as he was done with baseball. That I don't know. That I just can't even think of a close second to that odd hire. Um, Jack McKeon, way back when. Uh, you know, is Sparky Anderson alive? I'm surprised the, the Tigers didn't go after him. Uh, I don't yeah. know if Sparky is around anymore. I don't yeah, think it's he just, is, but I don't it's know. just, you know, and, and shame on Jerry, in my opinion, but, you know, LaRusa, give me a break. You know, you know the, the high road is to say, hey, thanks, man, but it's not for me, and you're better off going with Joey Cora or, yeah. or somebody else, but uh, Beltran. Um, or somebody that wasn't associated with the Astros. But, you know, that's done. He's there. He's a he, he's just a not my favorite guy. Uh, that's a, a polite yes. way to put it. But I'm hearing Speaking that. of Dusty Baker, what a great job. I mean, he did in the playoffs. And, he, you know, he's got the reputation of, A, hurting pitcher's arms, and, B, not winning a, a big game. And, yeah, he didn't get to the – World Series, but he sure got close. And does that get him another year? I don't know what uh, what the status. I haven't heard whether Dusty's coming back or not. I would think, um, and and I certainly don't know the answer to that. Uh, but I would think with Dusty's longevity into the game, and if he was willing to come back, and it turned out to be a good season, and and players respect him and like him. I would be very surprised if they didn't leave that decision up to him. <clears throat> I don't know how many – I mean, they're not going to have uh, Verlander next year because he had Tommy John pretty late here this season. So And didn't even hear that. Yeah, so they're going to be they're going to be down him. And then he'll be a free agent after that. So yeah. – um, but but they're still, they're still pretty loaded. They still have um, – they're a wealthy organization. So I, I would imagine that – um, they're not going to have as big a problem as a lot of other teams hanging on to guys. Um, and I, I would guess that it would be the decision would be up to him. You know, it, there's going to be more traveling again next year. I would imagine that things are going to try to go back to more normal and stuff. Is Dusty up for that? I'm not 100% sure. But, um, you know, you're right. He, he did a good job. And um, those are situations where a lot of guys, like Ron Renneke, was promoted at Boston, and he clearly knew what his outcome was going to be at the end of the year, but he did not have a good team. No. So, you know, I'm sure they told him, 
take care of us this year. We'll take care of you. Get us through these uh, two or three months. And then, and then we're going to completely regroup after that. And he's such a nice guy, loves baseball so much, um, and respects the game. He knows somebody had to take over that team. And he was with the organization. And that's, that's a great commitment on his part, too. Right. So. You and he'll know. get another job if he wants one somewhere, and maybe not managing. Yeah, but if he wants I don't know to if he'll. A, yeah, you're right. I don't know if he'll manage, but he is. He is a great, great baseball guy uh, to have a to have on your staff. That's for sure. And it's nice to have good guys that succeed. I mean, he's he's gotten enough severance payments that I'm sure he's fine financially. Oh uh, yeah, for yeah, the, for the rest of the time being, but. Let's talk about who the Brewers non, you know, didn't sign. Starting with the, uh, I guess he's a left fielder, the guy that I can't remember his name. He seems to kill the Cubs every time he comes to Wrigley. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll get Bronny. Yeah, that guy named Ryan Braun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that guy named Ryan Braun. What do you think of that? So here's here is the deal. There, it was um, this year, uh, twenty twenty one was a mutual option, and the mutual option was. $15 million. Uh, the Brewers certainly can't afford that uh, for probably anybody at this point, except Kristen Yelich. Um, so the buyout was $4 million. So he's still getting $4 million from the Brewers for next year. Part of the talk is that they could bring him back for, you know, the veterans minimum because they're already paying him $4 million. Um, I'm not sure he wants to come back. I'm not sure he wants to play in, in the altered conditions. And I'm not sure how healthy he thinks he can keep himself because even for the 60 games, um, he had a hard time in the whole month of August getting on the field. And by the time he did in September, he was producing some, some really good numbers and stuff. But, sure. I mean, he didn't play – in, in that second playoff game against the Dodgers because he, he, he couldn't go. And if you can't go in that game, you know, and you're thir- he's going to be 37 years old later this month, um, I, I think it's, you know, he's got three little kids at home. He's made it perfectly clear he's not going to make up his mind now. He's going to see how things unfold. And I, I really think that the we'd have to go back to um, – the leave it to beaver, uh, you know, cleaver days and have the picket fence out front and, and have a perfect world for him to come back to play baseball, to be honest with you. Man, I was wondering where you were going with June and Ward Cleaver. Yeah. Yep, that's where I'm going. Show. Maybe we should do a show on TV trivia because, you know, the rest of everything seems a little dim. But uh, Lorenzo Cain's coming back. Yelich is coming back. Is am I right yeah. there? Is Cain is Cain got another yeah. year? Yeah, and and Abisail Garcia is back. So they've got they've got three outfielders. So what and happens to Cain's contract when he opts out? Does that credit the Brewers with not having no. to count a year? Doesn't no, it fair. does. It, the only thing it does is he when you opt out, you're willing to uh, not get paid. Yeah. Wow. So the so. collective bargaining agreement comes up at the end of next year. So, I mean, if COVID's still around and no vaccine's still around, uh, and then the CBA comes up, uh, it could be dark days for baseball. Um, not to be... Uh, there's a great that. fear. Yeah. Because uh, this is the lighter side of baseball. Let's talk about... Anybody else get uh, dumped by the Brewers or not re-signed? Uh, 
Honestly, Jamie, the only guy that probably uh, I think a few people were surprised was uh, Jed Jerko. Yeah, they had a, a, a it would have cost him like four and a half million dollars, I think, to keep him for next year. And and they decided not to do it. I think everyone else was um, no no surprise guys that may have been on, you know, a one year contract. A lot of those guys and they had already let several go in the month of September anyway that weren't producing. So. Um, uh, you know, look, that, that team was, uh, not very good. Um, did not produce the way they, they obviously management thought they were going to, and that, and that's putting it lightly. Um, but it was also, it turned out to be a pretty bizarre 60 games to have, a uh, a hodgepodge of players put together and expect them to gain a lot of chemistry and stuff. I, I think that's one thing that COVID uh, absolutely uh, prevented teams from – you can't get uh, chemistry on your team in 60 days, especially if you have so many new guys on it, so many guys that are, you know, scraping and clawing just to have themselves uh, a career. There were too many guys like that on that Brewer team this year, unlike, unlike your Cubs who, who you know, had a, a core base of guys that were on that World Series team and – and stuff that makes it a little bit different. That's for sure. And, um, and Ross, I thought did a good job, you know, yeah, I, I, I wasn't he did a good sure job. he was going to, but he did a good job and, and he was part of that team too. So I think that that ended up to me being one of my big surprises that, that, uh, that worked out pretty well for them during that stretch. Yeah. I think, um, you know, hopefully they can move uh, up from 28th in the major leagues with hitting. Um, pathetic, pathetic, pathetic hitting. The Dodgers, advantage Dodgers, for the very reason you just were talking about. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, talk about a team that was comfortable with, with each other, that had been there for a long time. And, you know, the addition of Mookie Betts, that, you know, it'd be like Yelich coming to it. I mean, you're not going to have a problem bonding with a, a guy like Mookie Betts. Somebody told me he was an outstanding bowler. Have you heard that one? Mookie I have Betts not. Is a great bowler. I have not, but I, I wouldn't be surprised, man. Bowl, bowling's the great the great Wisconsin sport outside of curling, of course. Yeah, well, Don Carter, Ray Bluth, I'm sure they're from Wisconsin. Well, if they're not, I think they're going to be adopted. <laughs> yeah. No, the curling <laughs> Hall bring of a fame. six-pack, and you can do whatever you want up here. Um you know, the, when when the World Series started, we talked about not being able to name the infield of the Rays, and now, now that the series is over, um, I know that Choi is gone. He was a Brewer and everything else, and he's been, you know, he's a free agent. We forgot uh, about our guy Brett Phillips, man. Yeah, Brett Phillips had a day in the light that every kid in the world dreams of having. Yeah, yeah it was cool. awesome. That was that was. Awesome I love that him. guy. When he was with the Brewers, I loved him. Was, and then when he got traded to the Royals, I thought, it's going to be great. And if you can't make the Royals, you're in deep doo-doo. And, well, he, uh, he, he just couldn't hit at the major league level. No, it's too bad. You can't steal yeah. first. But he was good. Um, yeah. Jack Peterson intrigues me all the time. I can't stand the guy as a fan, as a Cub fan, because he'll beat you all the time. He is their clutch guy, and he's a free agent now. Um, yeah. But I thought 
their team had good chemistry. I, I saw where they're talking about suspending Justin Turner for 50 games for his violating the COVID protocol after he tested positive and went out on the field. I don't know. That was, um, that was bizarre. I, I think that whole scenario was was and is very bizarre. I, I don't know if we know the real truth to all that or not um, because I, I just find it hard to believe that um, – I mean, look, they, they take uh, the, the rapid testing and, you know, in 15 minutes, if, if you're testing positive or negative, well, what did, did they bring him in uh, with three outs to go in the ninth inning and, and do a test, put him back out on the field to get those last three outs and then, and then tell him at the end of the game, 15 minutes later, he tested positive. I mean, that's a weird weird scenario and i also would not believe for one second that if he tested positive before the game that that organization would have let him play i don't believe that for one second so i that this is all really weird that that he that he tested positive allegedly and was told don't go back out i i just feel like that whole thing is really really bizarre really bizarre they took him out in the like seventh inning, didn't they? I mean, I don't think he finished the game. I think well, I'm not. I I didn't know. I guess maybe I didn't know about that. I thought he did. But, but I think that he was in the clubhouse because, <clears throat> and that's still fishy. Okay, so that that adds another chapter to bizarreness. Nobody gets tested in the middle of the game. Yeah. Totally. I don't and, know. And it doesn't take that long for the test results. I don't either. I mean it. Um, it seems Here, like here's where I am with COVID. I, I don't what really want to delve into to more articles because we can't escape it when we turn on the news or go on social media and it, you know, there, there reaches a point where, okay, they won the world series. He's out on the field. Should he have been there or not? We're going to, you know, crucify this guy to the end of the, to the end of time. And I'm just, I'm just not a big part of that. You know, I, you know, I, I just find I just know this, having gone through it and being as close as I am, I think it's very, very bizarre and very suspect. So yeah, I, and I, my f- feeling is that um, these guys are exposed to um, situations in professional sports and especially in the World Series that we can't even imagine you can probably imagine it a lot more than i can so i i don't have a feeling that he should be treated like the houston astros where my feeling was if you're going to ban joe jackson ban those guys which is on the opposite side of what happened where they didn't get any punishment with respect to uh turner i don't know why in the world you'd suspend him i mean or what Friedman had to do with it, or what Roberts had. I, I don't know, or frankly, I don't care. The flip side is, if, you know, I, I, I've seen enough of coverage in every news media to believe that, um, you know, this COVID virus isn't going anywhere until we have a vaccine. So I, I'm not of the QAnon belief that it's a hoax. On the other hand, if people want to go expose themselves to it, I guess that's their business. Um, 
until it becomes a public deal, like a professional sports team. And, you know, it's just, we've never lived through a pandemic. I, I can't recall, you know, being exposed to whooping cough, cholera, you know, uh, typhoid. We, you know, we're not supposed to be in a third world country. So this whole thing is pretty new. And it, it seems if you believe hospitalizations, it's getting worse. But again, I think that we're going to have, I've been saying this forever and my optimistic outlook on life, we're going to get a, a vaccine and things will gradually get back to the way we remember them being before. Yeah. February. Yeah. No, for sure. We, we will. And, you know, um, of course, none of us know what, it, what all that was like a hundred years ago, the last time, you know, we all went through it, but life was also very different back then as well. I yeah. think, I think I, I would guess that it was, would be a lot easier to quote unquote, shut your country down a hundred years ago than it would be in 2020. That's for sure. Um, way more. Uh, so here, if you know, you're going to shut the country, I've got an easy solution. Ban gas stations from being open. That'll shut the country down. <laughs> if you can't yeah, fill your you car up, you can't go anywhere, baby. Yeah. How about so it's Hinch not the bars after all. It's the gas stations. <laughs> it's the gas stations. <laughs> Nobody calls me about anything. Jerry didn't call me about La Russa. Uh, Trump hasn't given me a call about how to stop the spread. Anyway, what about speaking of the cheating champs, what do you think about Hinch getting uh, – Hired by the Tigers, Diego. Well, you know, it seemed to me that he's, you know, before the cheating thing with Houston, it seemed like his reputation was was really good. Um, this is clearly a, a a second chance thing where he's, you know, he's he's well respected enough, and and. You know, was it one person's fault all the way uh, or what really happened in Houston? And and so I, I'm not surprised in our day and age that, um, you know, everybody deserves to, to for a second chance. I, I'm a firm believer in that, um, you know, unless unless you absolutely like if you, if you you'd have to murder somebody to me not to get a second chance. Um, so, well, so that if, didn't if happen. If you rob a grocery store, you probably won't be playing in your prime, but yeah. But um, you never know. But you never so know. anyway, somebody could but, get, so give you I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm, let's put it this way. I'm just, I'm just not surprised that, that he's getting a second chance. I, I thought all along that he would, um, he, he, paid his uh he paid for his crime he sat out this year and and so now he's with a new new team and a new organization so um i i don't you know the tigers are going to be i feel like the tigers are like the white Sox. they're going to be really good and both teams uh you know in the near future anyway because i think they're talented and both teams went in opposite directions on choosing a leader uh but did they reputation wise. I mean, they yeah. met, now they have Hinch. He's, he's this young guy who's gone through this big scandal and Tony LaRusse is a guy that's carried on a, a, an incredible odd reputation, his whole career uh, of being maybe the unlikable guy. And, and uh, maybe he's, you know, said some things along the way that may not uh, make, you know, um, black athletes or Latino athletes feel comfortable. That's going to be a big test for him coming up too. 
Well, and it wasn't, it seems probably been 10 years since he was arrested for sleeping while intoxicated in his car. Yeah. Remember that incident? Yes. With T-Bone? Old yeah. Tony LaRusso. So let's, let's just talk about an interesting subject, and that is your views on second chances, starting with Pete Rose to A-Rod to Ryan Braun to somebody like Hinch or Cora or Beltron. Where do you, where do you think? Because where do you draw the line? Well, that, that's, that's really, that's really the ultimate question is where do you draw the line? And, and I think um, there isn't one hard, fast rule for any of the things that all of the people that you mentioned did. There isn't one hard, fast rule. There's different rules for cheating on betting. There's different rules, obviously, for cheating on signal stealing. There's different rules for um, taking steroids. And, and I think, to me, that's part of the problem. But once you have committed that crime, you're, you go into whatever the jail is, right? It's, it's right. a suspension. It's a suspension without pay for a really extended period of time. And then after that, do you deserve to have a second chance? And I, I think you do. Um, I, I had no problem with Ryan Braun coming back uh, to the Brewers. Um, I, think, I think when you hit the, the next peel away, the next layer of the onion, I think it's how these players have responded to A, apologizing and, and making things right. And I think it, every one of those individuals is not the same and didn't do it the same way either. And so that opens up to me, a, you know, another can of worms of how you're going to feel about them, how they're going to be treated when they go into opposing ballparks now, how they're going to be treated when they answer questions. Um, you know, I, I think to me, just to wrap this up, the – Pete Rose ban, and I've, I've always been a believer, I think that he's paid his crime. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame um, in the category of what he accomplished as a player. And, and it just seems unusual and not right that the all-time hits leader is nowhere to be found in the Hall of Fame. Well, and... But a lot of people disagree with me on that. No, it's a, it's a great subject because a lot of people do disagree. A lot of people disagree about a lot of things in this world. But talking about Pete Rose, um, you know, I think, number one, a lot of these guys, probably after I'm gone, are going to get in the Hall of Fame posthumously, if that's how you say it, posthumously. Yeah. Um, I don't think that the Hall of Fame people uh, like want to go there and hear uh, Pete Rose with his induction speech. I don't think they want to hear A-Rod, Barry Bonds, Clements with their Hall of Fame speech. I think when that stigma is um, watered down enough, then maybe they'll get in while they're still alive. But um, everybody, it's interesting how people judge these people that I mentioned with their subsequent actions as much as the actions that got him in trouble. For example, Pete Rose. Every year he goes and signs uh, autographs during a Hall of Fame induction ceremony uh, in Cooperstown. In your face. Pete's personality is 
screw you, I did it, I'm Charlie Hustle, I ought to be in the Hall of Fame. And just ask Johnny Bench or any of the other guys on my team, they love me, and uh, yeah, there's a big sign that says don't gamble, I never gambled on the Reds. Well, baloney. So anyway, uh, you got that. Then you got A-Rod, Mr. Some people like him, and some people think he's as phony as a $3 bill, but he has gotten his personality and analysis onto not only the ESPN games, but a totally unrelated network to to do the TBS stuff for five, or whatever it was that he was doing. And here's A-Rod talk, it, it would never, he's, he's like running for mayor. He's always like, oh, that guy's a great guy, blah, 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 blah. He does have, I'll give him credit, I think he's got some pretty interesting uh, analysis and he is certainly articulate. Um, <laughs> but, and then Ryan Braun, uh, who the FedEx, throwing the FedEx guy under the bus, and nobody knows what really happened, but the the the, the reputation of Cub fans of Brian, Ryan Braun is is that. So he's like a the, he's a more of a villain than A Rod to the Cub fans. So it's, it's interesting. But I think now it's like let them all in. Who cares? You know, let them all in tomorrow. Clements, Bonds. It'll number one. It'll help the value of my baseball card collection. It'll go through the roof. <laughs> and number two, I Joe Jackson. Let him in. He says he didn't do anything wrong. What's he saying now? We're well, saying <laughs> that he'd like to come back with the White Sox and play for young Tony Larusa. So all right, uh, it, it, it's interesting though because because all the people that you're talking about just and and you said what well, just let them all in. Um, and I'm, I'll tell you this, I'm not going to disagree with that, but think about this. You, you go all the way back to, to Pete Rose. You're talking about a guy that was a star in uh, what the late sixties, seventies, eighties, you talk about, uh, bonds in the, in the nineties and McGuire and Sosa. Um, and then, uh, you get into the two thousands and you got, uh, Ryan Braun, um, entering in, in a rod. You, you think, think of the time and base these, these guys careers at some point, you know, if you just take that whole handful of guys, they, they crossed over in those decades. And this is what we know about baseball over the last 50 years, Yeah, but we're not going to recognize it, um, in Cooperstown. And for 50 years to come, you know, for, for some of the greatest players that have played right now, um, I just, you know, I, I don't know if I agree with that or not. That's for sure. Yeah. And I, I told you, but I'll say it on the, uh, on the air. I'm going to do a podcast with Jeff Idelson, who was the former CEO, president, whatever you call it, of the Hall of Fame in yeah. Cooperstown. And I don't know if I'll have time to get into it because he's started a, an organization called Grassroots Baseball, which is interesting. And then he and a photographer came up with this beautiful book, and now he's doing a second deal. And the, and the book's kind of neat because it's the le, you know where legends begin. And it's, it's basically photos of kids all over the world playing baseball, and it's awesome. It's really awesome. But I'd be interested to hear – because he's got to have a set view. He, he, I would 
think that he can't be pliable. He's got to say no way to Pete Rose or I'm in favor of letting everybody in. It'd be kind of interesting to hear what somebody who was so vested with the hall of fame for so many years, uh, thinks. And, you know, yeah, for sure. Know. Cause you know what? I, I don't know the answer to this, but who ultimately gets to say who gets, who gets to go into the hall of fame? I mean, other than, other than the fact that there are probably too many, uh, too many votes from too many different people, writers or who are, you know, whoever's in the organization seems like it's an astronomical number um, and an astronomical number uh, of percentages to try to, what is it? 75% or higher. Right. It's 75%. I think. I mean, so uh, do they, do they, his, the hall of fame does major league baseball sign off to these to these um, guys who get to vote, is it exclusively on them or, or do the people who run uh, the baseball hall of fame have a say in this as well? I, I'm not hundred percent sure, but maybe, maybe he can answer that question for you. Well, that's a great, that's a great question because it clearly, uh, you know, five years after you're done playing baseball, the baseball writers association of America, a, a at least that's publicly who elects these guys. And if they have over 75% of the vote, they get in. Uh, then there's a veterans committee and they have the, you know, the, the dead ball era guys. And then three years later, the, I don't know, there's a lot of different ways to get in. And then do you water? I don't know. I mean, I love the hall of fame, so it's a cool question, but, and I, you know, I, Sosa, Palmero. You know, I didn't do steroids. Uh, it's great. Maybe, maybe he'll uh, he'll share that uh, viewpoint. But um, you know, we'll see. Anything else that's on your mind besides uh, lunch? And we're back on the air on the lighter side of baseball. And we lost our internet connection after uh, a riveting discussion about the Hall of Fame and other exciting topics today with Craig Kashan. Craig will be back in a week or so. And uh, I apologize to our listeners, but I hope uh, we got some good music. We, were, we had talked about oh, some of the bad guys in baseball from Ryan Braun all the way up to Pete Rose. I haven't segued in a little bit of... Uh, time with Joe Jackson and then we started into one of my favorite subjects and that was asking Craig if there was anything else he wanted to talk about uh, including lunch and that's when the internet connection uh, was lost and so we are wrapping up uh, the show today is uh, the day before election day that would be Monday November 2nd and the elections are tomorrow. So this was our pre-election special. Uh, we had a great time, as always, with Craig. And uh, what we're going to be doing for the next few days is uh, getting ready for uh, a podcast with Jeff Idelson. That is going to be spectacular. I urge everybody to listen on, you know, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple iTunes, or my Facebook page. So all these are good. All these are ways to listen to the lighter side of baseball and then 
the rumor has it that Mr. Uh, Mr. Euros slash Papakinos is going to uh, be opening here in the next couple of weeks. So we'll be doing a live podcast from Papakinos' new location. Yeah, and uh, that should be interesting and see if you can hear me in a mask. Yeah, we might have to practice that one. Seems to work on TV. Everybody's got a mask, you can sort of hear them. Anyway, we don't have anything going on with baseball. The awards are going to be ridiculous. We've already beaten up Tony LaRusso and Jerry Reinstorf for that transaction. We've sort of done the same thing for uh, the Tigers and hiring A.J. Hinch. Where will Joey Cora land? Where will Carlos Beltran land? I guarantee they're going to get jobs now that their punishment is over. So that'll be, I guess, exciting to watch. We're hoping to uh, have a vaccine in the next couple of months that turns Major League Baseball into a regular project with fans uh, in time to get a season in before the negotiations on the CBA take place. Those are going to get ugly, I bet. At any rate, we are excited. We've had a great show. And uh, again, I apologize, but hopefully my production staff could get a little music in there. Uh, before, uh, you know, we did this final segue. So this is kind of the uh, end of the show, the caboose of, of the light, on the lighter side of baseball. And, uh, you know, we're coming into the off season. The World Series is over. Spring training is about three months away, a little more than about 100 days before pitchers and catchers hopefully report without COVID protocol. And so... What we do during these three months is uh, pretty much up to you. It depends on uh, what the listening audience wants to do. Probably go from uh, weekly to maybe uh, every 10 days we'll do a podcast. But before we get into that off-season schedule, we're going to go with uh, Jeff Adelson. And I'm looking forward to that. So that's going to be fun. Everything has been a great season. Uh, we did an awful lot uh, before COVID, and then during the COVID, before baseball started, we had a lot of shows. This is our 42nd or 43rd podcast, and number 43, I believe, will be with Jeff Idelson, and then we're going to try to do one with Dwayne, Stats, and Craig together. That'd be cool. That would that would be awesome. So, you know, Send some of these podcasts, man, we are well over 100 over the last two years. It's pretty cool. And so I'm excited to uh, keep it going. I'm excited for 2021. I'm excited for a cast, uh, having a vaccine. And I'm excited for lunch. I'm going to go to lunch right now. I've got frozen pizza that I had yesterday with my grandkids. I'm going to eat a little pizza pie. And uh, that's it for On the Lighter Side of Baseball today. Jamie Retzke. Uh, Craig Kashan, you heard him offer to be co-host. He's signed. He is signed. So we now have a co-host. We're going to have a sponsor. Things are moving in the right direction. And, uh, man, it's a beautiful time of the year in Kansas City. So I'm going to go uh, tee it up tomorrow and uh, see where we are on November 4th. So God bless the United States of America. And uh, go Cubs. So have a great day for everybody. This is Jamie Uretsky. Signing off.